Hey guys, Logan Manhart here with the Freedom First podcast. How are you doing? How have you been? So one way or another, we have to deal with a Joe Biden presidency. As nefarious as this election was, uh, it's something we're going to have to deal with. And hopefully we can learn something out of this discussion we are having here today, where we will address all sorts of things that Joe Biden has done already, um, plans on doing, and some of the executive orders that he's signed. Now, as I'm sure you've heard, Joe Biden is supposed to be the great unifier of everything in the United States on both sides. Now, does that mean he's going to be bipartisan Mm, or does that mean just simply crush all opposition? I think I I think I know which one, because so far on day one, not only has he not worked with the other side, he has actually signed a slew of executive orders more than President Trump even did. And many even considered him to be ahead of the curve. Because after all, nothing says unity like signing a new legislation at the whim of a pen signing or trying to impeach a president who is no longer in office. However, we will address that later. Now, out of the 19 executive orders Joe Biden signed on day one or plans on signing, what do you think the first one is? The first executive order uh, on a brand new president's desk, what might it be? Is it about the budget, immigration? Uh, the military, maybe coronavirus, you know, the 400,000 people that died under President Trump, which the left so often talked about. Well, what is it? it? Is an executive order called Advancing Racial Equity and Support for the Underserved Communities Through the Federal Government. Now, what does that mean exactly? Now, it's about an eight-page executive order. I have read through all of it. And it talks a whole lot about equity, fairness, uh, getting rid of, actually doesn't even mention racism. But basically what this executive order does is it's a comprehensive, I guess, racial audit of all federal agencies to make sure that there is no discrimination and that a report will be given to the president uh, about 200 days after this has been signed. This executive order will help determine if there are any systemic barriers to people in the gay community, the LGBT community, the black community, Latino, uh, Native American, any underserved group. Uh, even it does mention rural people, uh, but beyond that, it's basically every leftist group that you know predominantly votes left. It seems to be trying to to, to bolster. Now, what kind of systemic things is it trying to remove? I'm not sure. It does not say. I wish I could tell you more about what exactly this executive order does, but to be honest, I don't really know. Section 6 of this executive order is titled, Allocating Federal Resources to Advanced Fairness and Opportunity. I guess that's starting to head in the right direction. But again, it's a lot of very smooth and nice talk. It talks about promoting equitable delivery of government benefits and equitable opportunities, which I'm not really sure who they're talking about. Uh, I mean, the government loves to to get this these specific groups of people onto government programs. That's just a fact. So if it's trying to say that there have been certain groups disenfranchised from being able to get government benefits, uh, that just does not seem accurate to me. So my question to the BLM types and people on the left, is this what you wanted? Does this mean that uh, you can dissolve BLM, you can go home, and everything is going to turn out just fine now that he signed in uh, legislation to remove systemic racism? I would be willing to bet probably not most of the problems, if not all of the problems you're trying to fix, are still going to be there. Now, I will give it to Joe Biden. At least he is trying to do what many on the left have wanted him to do. But the problem with the BLM types and Black Lives Matter as a movement is that they are looking for the wrong solution in the wrong place. They're not going to get uh, all of their problems fixed by the signing of a pen by an executive order by the government. The problems that they need to fix are within their communities, within their own society, within their own neighborhoods. 
And as we've seen, no amount of regulation, uh, shoveling money downstream is going to fix any of those problems. So, okay, moving on. Uh, we're going to jump over a couple here. Uh, he did write an executive order in response to combat COVID-19, which, again, is basically a big nothing burger of legislation, uh, basically saying we're going to do everything we can and we're going to mobilize our, our federal resources to fix the problem, you know, just like Trump has been doing. So uh, the second executive order he signed was uh, ensuring a lawful and accurate enumeration and appointment, apportionment, uh, sorry, pursuant to the decennial census, basically with the uh, this legislation did was that it uh, is going to count illegal aliens in uh, the census. So I guess we know how many there are. Again, maybe I'm getting giving too much credit to him, but I don't know how they're going to enforce that. You know, you get your uh, your your census basically, uh, and is it just a box? You're just going to check illegal or not illegal? Well, which one do you think they're going to check? Uh, I'd be willing to bet they're not going to tell the federal government, "Hey, guess what? I'm here illegally." But anyway, moving on, we'll go to the fourth executive order he signed, which is probably the one that's come to light, uh, or at least has been on the discussion board most, and that is preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. So I'm just reading the headlines of the staples of what each one of these executive orders are. So the beginning of this executive order reads, By the authority vested in me as president, by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, it is hereby ordered as follows. And I'll just read off like the first sentence or two. Every person should be treated with respect and dignity and should be able to live without fear, no matter who they are or whom they love. And here it comes, the second sentence, children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom, the locker room, or school sports. And it goes on to say that adults should also not be discriminated against uh, due to their sexual orientation. Now, do I really have to go into depth about why this makes absolutely no sense, about why men and women should not compete in the same sports? Uh, I would think it goes without saying, but we've got a chest thumper as a, as a president who's got to fight for every every single inch of a uh, so-called oppressed groups now i will have to say one good thing will come out of a joe biden presidency and i think it's this it's that people have been so laser focused on the office of the presidency especially the people on the left and the news has gone rampant but every minute infraction that president trump has done i think now that joe biden's in the stop uh spotlight he will vastly overstep now, at least that's the hope. Now, I am not going to lie. I don't have a lot of confidence that many on the left will see the light, uh, hence the situation we are in. But already we are at the fourth executive order, and it is nothing but uh, it's just checking off the boxes of the Democratic wish list, the far left, I should say, far left radical wish list. I guess all you can do when it comes to this specific executive order is just watch how this plays out. We don't, we're not making it up when we say that men and women are biologically different. As much as the left pretends they're not or tries to say they're not, we all know they are. And it, it'll play out uh, just as you might think. You'll begin to get those one or two men pretending to be women in women's sports. And what it's going to end up doing is it's going to make all of women's sports disappear if it continues on down the road like this. I mean, there's a reason why that the women's U.S. Uh, pro soccer team lost a soccer game to a bunch of 15-year-old boys. Now, you're supposed to throw 18-year-old uh, men with testosterone pumping through their body into women's sports in high school. Anyway, we should move on from this topic because it really needs no more explanation. 
This one is another one I'm going to just touch lightly on, and that is the mask-wearing executive order that Joe Biden signed to enforce masks on all executive prop or not executive, all federal property, excuse me, uh, except for himself, apparently. Now, it doesn't say there's exemptions in the rule, but it seems uh, Joe Biden seems to think that the rules are for thee, not for me when it comes to this kind of stuff. So far, since Joe Biden's inauguration, I don't think I've seen him wear a mask. And he's done nothing but spend time on federal property. And his uh, press secretary was asked this question, hey, why is, why is Joe Biden not wearing a mask? Why is his family not wearing masks on federal property as per the ex executive order their father, uh, the president, signed? And her response was basically, well... And they were celebrating, you know, he's important, doing important work, taking care of the country, so it doesn't really matter. Again, no walls for the masses. We do not need protection on the southern border, but we need to have walls around the United States Capitol and the White House. Uh, the plebeians need to wear the masks, but uh, I don't because I'm too important. I've said this consistently, and I'm going to continue saying it. All of the power in this country now sits firmly in the hands of the left. You've got big tech, you've got big corporations, you've got the government, and you've got kind of a society and culture as a whole uh, resting on the values of the left. So who does that leave out? Well, my good friend, that leaves out everybody else. This is a small but perfect example of the new dynamic that is in this country, basically post-inauguration uh, post day, but I guess post-January 6th and, and kind of post this election. It is not a right versus left. This is no longer simply about policy. This is firmly about the people who are in power and the people who are not. I mean, you notice how quickly the left turned to be the party of big corporations. You know, it used to be that the people on the right were concerned about big government, right? And the people on the left were concerned about big corporations, right? And there was con constantly a, a, tug, a tug of war between the two. And even though we all knew the corporations were on the left, uh, we still kind of played by those rules. But now... Those are completely out the window. Now, you know, I know we're shut the left says, I know we're shutting down your businesses and you have to wear a mask, otherwise we're gonna take you to jail, we're gonna we're gonna give you heavy fines and we're gonna ruin your life and your family. Uh, but you know, Twitter is its own private business, they can run it how they want. And since I'm on a little bit of a tangent here with the left, uh, inspired by this relatively ridiculous executive order, I do want to play a small clip of Ronald Reagan and his definition of fascism coming to America. I think it applies even better now more than ever. It's pretty uh, pretty remarkable how a lot of these quotes continue to uh, bubble to the surface uh, the farther down the hill the U.S. goes. Someone very profoundly once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of liberalism. And what is fascism? Fascism is private ownership, private enterprise, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says less government, get off my back, get out of my pocket, and let me have more control of my own destiny. I think that sums it up better than uh, anything else. Now, I'm not one to throw the term fascist or fascism around lightly, but I do think the way that uh, that has been described or was described by Ronald Reagan is exactly right. So this next executive order is the eighth one on the list, and it's actually, uh, well, ironically, my, my favorite executive order that Joe Biden has signed. It's only funny because it's very specific in what it says, so there's really no misinterpreting it. And it has to do with a federal regulation. As I'm sure you know, President Trump prided himself on streamlining a lot of the federal regulatory uh, processes. 
you know, for so many new regulations that were implemented, a larger, a far larger amount were cut. And I actually had a conversation a few days ago with some of, uh, I guess, the mayor of my town and, and some of the local people that said, you know, yeah, under President Trump, uh, it got a lot easier to get things done and help out the community because you didn't have to jump through so many hoops. So let's just briefly talk about what's in this executive order. Executive Order 13992 is called the Revocation of Certain Executive Orders Concerning Federal Regulation. So it cuts away six executive orders that President Trump signed that, again, were focused on streamlining the uh, regulation process. Uh, the first one uh, that it got rid of was the rule that said for every new regulation, you had to get rid of two old regulations. Now, why would you want to cancel that? I'm not sure. The second one said any new um, any new agencies that formed to assist in that cutting away process, uh, those now had to be eliminated. Uh, the third portion of it said that if there's any agencies that were created to assist in a certain task or get a specific job done, uh, Trump had said when that job is done, you got to get rid of the agency. Well, Joe Biden made, made sure to rescind that. It now means... So you create an agency, you get to work, you finish the job, you can still hang out and just find problems to fix, I guess, or maybe create new ones. The fourth portion that this executive order gets rid of um, was the thing that Trump had signed that said, and I kind of have to uh, bounce through this a little bit just because I, this one's a little harder to understand. It says, uh, prohibited federal, uh, this executive order prohibited federal administrative agencies from issuing binding rules through guidance documents. Basically, if there was a, a guidance document issued by another agency originally, then you could make a rule about it. And Trump said, no, 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 you can't just make rules because somebody said that it's a good idea. You actually, if you want an actual rule to be made, then you have to actually make the rule for a reason. The final two are actually the most specific and kind of blows my mind why you want to get rid of these but the fifth part says if there's any new regulation you have to notice notify somebody uh, that there's a new rule and so on in the books well joe biden made sure to get rid of that they no longer have to tell you if a new regulation has been signed that now will will inter interfere with what you're doing and the last part says uh, agencies are required to consider cost reduction efforts in administrative actions yeah joe biden made sure to get rid of that too one of the largest efforts we've seen in generations by the federal government to begin restricting itself. Joe Biden said, nope, we want to be able to spend nefariously. We want no oversight when we do it, and we don't even want to be efficient while doing it. I just facepalm when reading through that again because it's so specific. Why? Why? You know, why would you do that? That one executive order says we no longer need to get rid of old regulations. We no longer need to get rid of old useless agencies. Uh, not only are we not going to tell you when we make new rules, um, but we're also not even going to implement these rules well. And the last one here that I've been able to find on the Federal Register that is still up, so it's this is nine out of the other ones that he's uh, already signed. What the ninth executive order he signed does is it no longer restricts federal funding to sanctuary cities. It basically just revokes the executive order that Trump had signed restricting uh, federal resources there. Because nothing says unity like giving federal dollars to people who entered the country illegally. So some of the ones in the last 10 here are titled Promoting COVID Safety and Domestic and International Travel, a Sustainable Public Health Supply Chain, Improving and Expanding Access to Care and Treatments for COVID-19. So a lot of COVID-focused executive orders in the last half of some of these. 
However, I have not been able to find exactly exactly the wording in a lot of these. So those are some of the concrete executive orders that Joe Biden signed on days one and two of his nefarious presidency that we now have to deal with. Let's talk about just a couple of other things that he's done. So he did rejoin the World Health Organization and the Paris Climate Accord. Keep in mind that our CO2 emissions have been going down since we left, but don't tell any 17-year-old girl that uh, because it's all about the environment, feeling and, and looking good for the public, right? Not to mention the canceling of the Keystone XL pipeline, which is basically a gigantic middle finger to all of the left-wing Democrat union workers who, of course, they, uh, of course, they predominantly vote left. Well, Biden said, I don't really care. I'm not sure if you saw some of the tweets circling circling around, but the Pipefitters Union uh, endorsed Joe Biden. And do you know how Joe Biden thanked them? By killing all of their jobs in the Midwest. Now, if anybody on the left is listening, and you know, I doubt you've made it this far, but if you could please explain to me how any of those things are pro-America, pro-American worker, pro-American in general, I would love to hear it because I'll be honest, I'm just not seeing it. Let's talk a little bit more about the Keystone XL pipeline. So I'm from South Dakota and the pipeline you know, goes through my state, which is fantastic, I'm totally for it. So back in what was, I think it was 2015 when uh, this the whole debacle was going on, the reservations were actually willing originally to have the pipeline go through the reservation as long as they got a certain amount of money from the federal government. Well, what happened is negotiations fell through and they were not able to, to uh, get as much money as they had originally asked for. Uh, so as a result, they made it into a big environmental problem. Now, you might ask, how can Joe Biden get away with this? On day one, he's begun the process of raising our gas prices. He's rejoined all of these world organizations. He's put America's workers last. He's incentivizing uh, illegal immigrants to come to our country. How does he get away with all of these anti-American things? Well, to put it simply, we all know it by now. If you follow President Trump, uh, it's the media. It's completely 100% the big corporations and the big media that are trying to control us the people one thing i've always said is had the media portrayed president trump accurately correctly not even positively just correctly and accurately and fairly he would have won this election with 400 electoral votes hands down unfortunately one of the most unpopular uh topics for President Trump was coronavirus, even though uh, I thought he handled it well. Many people thought he didn't. I'm not sure why. Personally, I think that the right thing to do was to say, listen, governors, you guys know your states. Let me know what the federal government can do. You handle it accordingly, and we will assist you in whatever way possible. Apparently, that was not enough for people on the left. They needed some radical, fast action plan, which Joe Biden uh, claimed to have for COVID-19 for coronavirus. Well, on day three in the Oval Office, they uh, sit, talk about coronavirus to President Biden. And he says, well, there's nothing we can really do to change the trajectory over the next couple of months. If that isn't the biggest middle finger to many of the middle of the road voters that voted for Biden just because, uh, you know, the COVID thing scared them. Again, I don't know what is. And these are all uh, topics and subjects that we can tackle in individual podcasts. But right now, I'm just wanting to, to give a, a brief snapshot of the first couple of days we've seen Joe Biden uh, in office. And it is, I, I can't say it was definitely not better than expected. In fact, it was actually just as bad as we had feared. 
Anyway, we're coming up to the 20 minute mark and I'm not quite articulate enough to stretch these things out, you know, up to an hour yet. So we're going to keep on rolling. But thank you guys for joining. Hope you learned a couple of things. Please stay up to date on politics. It's the new world we're living in. So uh, thank you guys so much. Hope you guys enjoyed.